0: Hi, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Different Strokes to Move the World, a Different Strokes podcast. Well, today I'm going to be covering Season 1, Episode 3, entitled Mother's Last Visit. This episode aired on November 17th, 1978. In this episode, Mr. Drummond's mother arrives for an unscheduled visit and has an adverse reaction to her son's new family situation. This episode has a 7.2 out of 10 rating based on 65 ratings on IMDb. Of course, the woman who plays Mrs. Drummond is Irene Tedrow. And I'm just seeing if there's anything that I would recognize her from. Let's see. She, there was a Spider-Man movie in 1977. Oh, it's a show that only lasted 14 episodes. She did, she played Aunt May. Good for her see other than that um, the new leave it to Beaver she was in Punky Brewster oh I know who she was Maud Firestein she was the um, the neighbor across the hall who supposedly had lived there her whole life even though we know that that apartment across the hall from Henry and Punky has been had many many tenants Um, but no, I'm like, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, it was season for heaven's sake. Season three, episode six, hands across the halls. Yeah, I remember because she was like wearing like an army fatigue jacket. And the girls were really, Punky and Cherry were really impressed with her stories. But in this, uh, oh, she was also in the Facts of Life. Good for her. That's great. But here, she, she plays Philip's mother, and she is just really, you might even really call her racist. At one point, I do believe that Philip calls her out on her racism and her reaction to the boys. Of course, this episode was directed by Herbert Kenwith. We got writers William Rayner, Miles Wilder, and we had the creators Jeff Harris and Bernie Kukoff. I'm sure I mis- probably mispronounced his name. All right, we do have... Oh, that yeah, that's an episode of season one that I'm skipping over that is called Retrospective. It is a flashback episode, which is really crazy to believe. After eight episodes, they're already doing flashbacks to the previous seven. (laughs) Uh, Oh, we got trivia! The comic book Arnold is reading at the beginning is Superman volume 331. When Mr. Drummond opens the curtains in the boys' bedroom, you see a wall rather than a window. Alright, I gotta keep my eyeballs open for that. Irene Tedrow plays Philip Drummond's Conrad Bain's mother, in reality, Tedrow was only sixteen years older than Conrad Bain, who played her son. Drummond is addressed to as Junior by his mother. This indicates his full name is likely Philip Drummond Jr. Arnold and Willis's father is revealed to have been a janitor working at the United Nations. It is very obvious that when Arnold Willis and Mrs. Drummond have a cup of tea together, there is clearly nothing in the cups. When Arnold spills his tea on Mrs. Drummond, clearly nothing spills. Well, clearly not. Oh, that's also a goof, apparently. (laughs) Alright, well, before I get into the official episode here, I always like to remind the podcast newbies... I'm sure like I did with the Wonder Years podcast and the Punky Power podcast coming up with creative nicknames for my listeners. I will do that at one point. Uh, The Drummer or something. Granted, though, Arnold and Willis never take uh, Phillip's name at any point in the show. There are like two instances in the series where that subject does come up. And it's still, they would rather, like, honor their parents' memory by keeping the name Jackson because they are the last of their family, which is understandable. So, I'll come off with something clever. Or you guys, if you guys want to email the podcast at PunkyPowerPBPodcast at gmail.com. If you guys can come up with something creative, I would love to hear it. A little nickname for you listeners. Of course, I'd like to uh, let the newbies know where they can go. Find the podcast on social media. You can go to Facebook, Different Strokes to Move the World, or Different Strokes Podcast. Type it into the search bar, and it will pop up. Also, Instagram, it's just going to be under the Punky Power Podcast, just like the Silver Spoons podcast was which I am working on finishing that up probably sometime in mid- may um, no. I'm finishing that up sometime in mid-July or early August, whichever comes first. Also, if you want to know where you can listen to the podcast, you can listen on SoundCloud, you can go to Apple Podcasts, you can go to iTunes, the pretty much the same thing. Um, just subscribe to the Punky Power podcast because that's where you're going to get all the different Strokes episodes. The same with the Silver Spoons podcast, the Full House, Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas podcast. That's where you're get Pretty much everything's going to be under one roof. All these podcasts. Now, if you heard yesterday, or was it the day before, Fuller House... Part B is coming back. It's coming back June 2nd. What I plan to do with this, like I did with season 5, Part A, I covered the first episode, I covered, and I covered the mid season finale, episode 9. I plan to cover Part B's season premiere, and then, of course, the final gut-wrenching finale that will most likely destroy me. Um, I'm going to do the, that, if I can cover the first episode on the day it's released, I'll do that, and then the following week I will cover the final episode, and then we'll be getting into Father's Day episodes, so... But yeah, just go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, and subscribe so that way you guys know when the episodes are going to come up. Also, by following and liking the page on Instagram and Facebook, and Twitter as well at the Punky Power PB Podcast, you'll know what episodes are going to be doing. I'm doing these mainly in order, however, like I said, there are some that I just absolutely refuse to do (laughs) because they're just off the wall bonkers but that's like mainly in later seasons so but we're gonna hit pretty much all of season one um let me just run down the episodes give you guys a little bit of a taste if you're new to listening to the show And just if you're new to different strokes in general, I'll kind of give you a basis for what's going to happen. After Mother's Last Visit, we have prep school. We have the spanking. We have goodbye, Dolly. We have the trial. Of course, I did say I'm skipping over retrospective because it is just a flashback episode to the previous seven. There's not much to it. We have the fight where we're introduced to the gooch. A bully that will bully Arnold and later Sam. All the way through the The only thing about this character is you will never see him. Not even, uh, you will not even get a glimpse of him at all. I thought the very last episode, his name was mentioned, season eight, he was bullying Sam. And i was just like, how is that kid not in high school? How is the coach not in high school with Arnold? And he's bullying elementary school Sam. But anyway, we have that. We have the club meeting where the kids are coming. Willis's friends are coming from Harlem. They had a club. So we have the woman. Let me tell you that Philip Drummond is going to be involved with the lady. At least a couple of them. Even to the point of proposing at least a couple times between now and when he... Meets then when he meets Maggie at the end of season six, and of course, they get together. She has Sam, and they become a new family. All right, we got No Time for Arnold, we got The Relative, we got The Tutor, episode 14. We got The New Landlord, Willis's Privacy, which is very similar to No Time for Arnold. We got Mrs. Garrett's Crisis, <laughs> we have The Job. Um, Another one I'm skipping over is The Trip, because that one is very, 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 I'm just going to give you the premise, Dr. Dr. Drummond, (laughs) Mr. Drummond's company has bought out a radio station in Portland, Oregon, where his old army buddy Larry Adler hosts a talk show it's a lot of it is just mainly focused on this early Adler guy and I'm just no there's getting involved there's Willis's birthday and of course the girls school which is the last episode of season one that starts the spinoff of the Facts of Life so yeah that's just a rundown of the episodes there's only two that I'm going to skip and but we got plenty to go guys Like I said, I am releasing an episode this week. I will be releasing an episode next week. And then we're going to go back to uh, monthly for a little bit until I finish Silver Spoons, and then we'll kind of go from there. All right, guys, I've talked long enough. You guys are full aware of the podcast, how to find it, where to listen to it, where to follow it. I already said that. (laughs) Let's get into... Mother's last visit. This is clearly her last visit. We never see her again. She's not even there when Philip gets married. So it looks like it's morning time as we are in the boys' room. We're on the top bunk with Arnold. He's, of course, reading a Superman comic. I'm just kind of curious what this ad is on the back of Arnold's comic. It says... Move it, steer it, shift it, build it. I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. I guess it's it's mmm maybe a remote control car. Oh, you know it does kind of look like that. This says move it, steer it, shift it, build it. Okay, so maybe it's one of those cars you can build and also drive. Well, not physically drive, but you know drive with uh, a mechanism, handheld remote control. But from this distance, it looks like the image, if you look, stand back far enough, it almost makes it look like a flat screen TV that are showing, like, different uh, pictures of different, like, movies or something. But it's not. But Philip's all happy, like, hey, Arnold, Willis, rise and shine. And, of course, Arnold's like, hey, you better not hear Willis hear you say shine. Because in Harlem, those are fighting words. That's fight and talk. Just above Arnold's top bunk is a pennant that says Harvard on it. So I'm looking at the little cabinet on the wall that's got what looks like possible board games. Um, those look like three different colored bowling balls. Like one's blue, one's gray, and one's kind of a bronze color. And then there's, it looks like one of those uh, My Buddy dolls, But it's got, like, a helmet on it. At first it made me think of one of those, um, WWE, WWF, like, wrestler things that are are made of, like, like cloth, like any type of a stuffed animal. I thought that, oh, he says Rise and Shine Arnold, because I thought Willis was sleeping down below, because it's a bunk bed, and Arnold's on the top and Willis is on the bottom. And... Philip, as he goes over to open the curtains, is like, well, I'll have uh, you explain it to me after Willis, quote-unquote, beats me up. And he's kind of wondering, like, why are you still in bed, Arnold? Then, of course, I realize Willis has probably been up for at least a couple hours at this point. And the kids aren't in school right now. It's not like you gotta get up at, like, 6 a.m. I had to get up at, like, 6.20 in the morning... To make the bus by 6.55. I didn't have to walk a a ways. I could just walk from my, you know, to my end of my driveway. And the bus would just pick me up right there. Arnold's like, yeah, I'm studying. And Philip looks at the comic like, oh, Superman, you're studying Superman. And I love Arnold's response. Well, I'm too young for Wonder Woman. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. They give him the best lines, and he just delivers like it's gold coming out of this kid's mouth. So oh, Philip grabs Arnold off of the top bunk. He's like, "Hey, you're also too young to skip breakfast. What's wrong? The food's not good around here." And I love Arnold's like, "No, there's nothing wrong with the food. It's just there's too much food and not enough me." <laughs> And drum and Phillips like, well, don't you want to grow up to be big and strong or what? Uh, yeah, Arnold's like, yeah, I want to grow up. As in, you know, he puts his hand way up above its head, not out, and puts his hand like in front of his stomach. Yeah, he's like, Mrs. Garrett's feeding me too much. And Phillips like, well, you want to grow up, don't you? And Arnold's like, yeah, up, not out. Philip asks him, "Well, have you thought about talking to Mrs. Garrett about this?" And Arnold's like, "I can't. Whenever I open my mouth, she so shoves food in it." <laughs> Definitely, with Arnold, you will learn that this kid—he—he he loves food. He's motivated by motivated by food. Just, just loves it. Which kid doesn't love food? I mean, food is amazing. So Philip tells me, "You know, I think maybe she just thinks you're a lot bigger on the inside than you are on the outside," and of course. Arnold's like, yeah, but if I say anything, I'm afraid she's not going to like me anymore. And Philip says, you know, don't worry about that. No, she'll respect your honesty. And he pats Arnold on the head. And he also tells Arnold it's not good to keep things bottled up inside. Philip says, you know, if something's bothering you, just speak up. And Arnold's like, oh, you mean let it all hang out? <laughs> like, well. <laughs> and of course, Philip calls Arnold pudgy and just starts tickling him. Oh, it's so adorable. So I'm going to play this clip. I just, I, I love all of the cast members. Sadly, the only one still, you know, here with us is, you know, not sadly. I mean, it's sad the other cast members are gone, but Todd Bridges, who played Willis, is the only one left. So I'm going to play this clip. I just, I love... Philip, and Arnold's interactions. It's just, and Arnold's one-liners are just amazing. And then after the clip, we'll get down to the kitchen with Willis, Kimberly, and Mrs. Garrett. Good morning, Arnold. Rise
1: and shine. <laughs> Better not let Willis hear you say the word shine back in Harlem. That's fighting talk.
2: <laughs> after he beats me up, I'll get you to explain it to me. Why are you still in bed, Arnold?
1: I'm studying.
2: Superman is studying?
1: I'm too young for Wonder Woman.
2: (laughs) You're also too young to skip breakfast. Is there something the matter with the food around
1: here? Yeah. There's too much of it and not enough of me. (laughs) Mrs. Garrett's feeding me too much.
2: Well, you want to grow up, don't you, Arnold?
1: Yeah. Oh, not (laughs) out.
2: This with Mrs. Garrett.
1: I can't. Every time I open my mouth, she sucks food in it.
2: <laughs> I guess she must think you're an awful lot bigger on the inside than you look to be on the outside.
1: Yeah. I'm afraid if I said anything to her, she wouldn't like me no more.
2: Oh, not true. She'd respect your honesty. Besides, it's not a good idea to keep problems bottled up inside of you. If something's bothering you, speak up.
1: You mean let it all hang out?
2: Right, except
1: this, Pudgy.
0: <laughs> so downstairs, Kimberly and Willis are kind of arguing, as Missus Garrett's like, "Willis, it's not right to harpoon your food like that." And Willis is only doing it because he knows that Kimberly will take all the pancakes, apparently like, you got to if you want to eat with her around. And he grabs the last pancake, and she's like, hey, that was mine. And she's like, what do I got to do around here? Monogram my food? So, Philip brings in Arnold, the little whirlwind, who's just zoom, zoom, zoom! <laughs> it's kind of funny, because I... <laughs> Arnold comes in wearing a robe over his pajamas and Kimberly and Willis are already like dressed for the day. How long has he been hanging out upstairs? I'm surprised they haven't moved on to lunch while he was up there. But before Arnold gets to the table, he jumps into Mrs. Garrett's arms and she kisses him on the cheek. Like, oh, I just love this. It's so, so cute. Kimberly, of course, is like, hey, if it isn't Sleeping Beauty and Willis is like, Oh, you mean sleeping ugly. (laughs) So Philip tells Mrs. Garrett that Arnold has something he wants to get off his chest. And, of course, Willis is like, oh, what chest? That's just a pimple on his backbone. Ew, okay, that's gross. I don't like to think about pimples. So, of course, Willis and Arnold are arguing like brothers do, like siblings do at the breakfast table. And... Phillips got a wave like a white flag, like, okay, okay. And he's like, Mrs. Garrett, Arnold wants to talk to you about something. And Arnold's like, Mrs. Garrett, you're feeding me too much food. And she's like, Well, you're a growing boy. And he's like, Yeah, but you're it seems like you're feeding every growing boy in America through my mouth. And honestly, it's not. You know, he's not really being rude. He's just saying, it's like, I appreciate what you're doing. I enjoy the food you make, but we got to cut down on them portions. (laughs) I'm only one kid. I can only have so much. You know, once your stomach's, uh, once you get that full, you stop at that full feeling. You don't go past it because you don't want the over uncomfortable feeling like when you go to a buffet and then afterwards you're like gosh I went way overboard more than I should I should have just taken one plate and not two so the kids are just hurling insults at each other and Kimberly's getting in <laughs> Arnold co- calls her metal mouth like you tell him metal mouth cause Kimberly's saying oh Willis you shove pancakes in your mouth without even folding them I wanna play this. This is just fun as Philip again has to interject with Cads, please. Too early in the morning for this arguing.
2: His chest.
1: What chest? <laughs> this is a pimple on the front of his backbone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, wasn't that easy, Arnold? All you had to do was speak your mind and your problem was solved. See, with discussion comes understanding. Now, in this household, I want everybody to say what's on their mind.
3: Well, Daddy, in that case.
1: Willis, I oh, wish you do something about that bathroom. Like what? <laughs> like not leaving the seat up. Oh, that ain't me. That's all I'm <laughs> it is not. I stand on the seat. <laughs> Probably.
0: Yeah, so, of course, like siblings sharing a bathroom, especially brothers and sisters sharing a bathroom, there's always the issue with the toilet. You know, guys, of course, they got to have the seat up. Girls do not. It's, this battle has been going on for a lifetime. It's not just kids, siblings having to deal with it. Married people also have to deal with that, too. Luckily, my husband is not like that. So there's a phone call, and Philip gets, he's getting a call from his mother. At first, it was a mother. Like, oh, yes, mother. Like, oh, I have one of those? <laughs> Like, yeah, and she's on the phone. when was the last time he saw his mother. He's like, oh, this is such a wonderful surprise. Where are you, Paris, Rome? Because she's, you know, probably the type that uh, Whittle that likes to travel. And apparently she's at the airport because she wants to see Philip and Kimberly. She does not know that Philip recently took in Willis and Arnold. So he tells her, don't worry, I'll get a limo sent to you at the airport in New York. Because that's where they live. They all live in New York. And he gets off the phone he's like, hey, one of the last 73-year-old jet setters is coming for a visit. And Kimberly's like, yay, grandma! Like, ugh, grandma. Yeah, because this lady is all about putting on airs, nose in the air, all that Yeah, highfalutin'. One of those people. Don't like him. And actually, I just watched an episode of Little House on the Prairie that had the lady, the actress that plays Philip's mother. So if she's 73, then he's gotta be at least close to 50. Really, she's just gonna stay the one night. And Philip's like, Oh, because Mrs. Garrett turns to look at him. He's like, Oh, no, no, I really, I, I do, I love my mother. <laughs> and Kimberly sits back down at the table and says, Oh, you guys are gonna love my grandma. She's always bringing neat presents. So Arnold's like, I don't know her, but I mean, I'm liking her already. And Willis is like, Well, I don't really like taking presents from strangers, but good thing I'm, I'm easy to know. <laughs> Or easy to get to know, so yeah. Cool. So Philip's kinda getting the family giving them the four one one. I mean on Grandma Drummond, because Kimberly already knows her grandmother. And of course Mrs. Garrett and Willis and Arnold don't really know her. And the picture that Philip is painting of his mother is just leaves a lot to be desired. He says yeah, she brings her own dust with her so she'll have something to complain about. Like, oh, God. I'd be like, you just said she's just staying one night, right? Oh, thank goodness. So I'm going to play this clip. Oh, boy. The last of the 73-year-old jet setters is in town. Grandma's your your old daddy. That's terrific. Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> terrific. And she's only staying one night. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that the way it sounded. She actually, she's a wonderful mother.
1: You guys are just going to love my grandma. She brings the neatest presents. I don't know her, but I'm beginning to like it. <laughs> I don't like taking presents from strangers. Of course I'm easy to get to know.
2: <laughs> I'm afraid she's rather fussy. You know, she brings her own dust, just so she'll have something to complain about. No, she won't find anything to complain about in this house. I have vacuumed those four rugs so many times they roll up when they see me coming. <laughs>
0: Cool set of stairs
1: have you met Danny Tanner
0: Kimberly, Willis, and Arnold go clean your rooms for Grandma because, you know, I mean, she's really fussy. And, of course, I like this curved uh, set of stairs that goes up off of the kitchen. It's really cool. It's the kind with the metal hand railing that that curves around, kind of like a little twisty. Of course, Mrs. Garrett has to go to the boys and say, no water fights in the bathroom, please! Uh huh, yeah. So, Philip is really hoping that his mother will be in a good mood because he neglected to tell her two things about the boys. Well, one, that they're here, and two, that they're black. Just like, ugh, the fact that this is even an issue. But then, it's 1978, and. This show is just really kind of like the first of its kind to do something in this regard with a white guy taking in two black children. I'm just thinking, Philip, it's not up to your mom about the boys. Honestly, her opinion shouldn't matter. I'm sure that he cares about his mother deeply, but it's your life and the boys' life. And that shouldn't have... It's like... Yeah, you're going to be in my house. This is my new family with with the kids. So either you can like it or you can lump it and you can just leave. I can see already Philip's mom stepping on Mrs. Garrett's toes. Because she's like, you don't got to worry about dust. Okay, I vacuum so much the rugs roll up in fright when I appear with the vacuum. They're really rolling out the red carpet for her because they're putting flowers on end tables and by the couch. They're really, really making everything spotless and just fancying it up for her. Now, in the living room, the stairs going up. On the walls, there are, like, built-in little nook things with little cherub Mini statues. Poor Mrs. Garrett. She's so frazzled. Phillips has got her work under the bone. Like, are you sure the tabletops are clear? I don't want to see any fingerprints. And of course, Mrs. Garrett, like, the only fingerprints are my uh, uh, that you'll see are my own. On uh, my own hands. She's so frazzled. So here comes his mother, dressed like a 73-year-old would dress. But she's got a fur hat and a fur, almost like it's an arctic fox. Or something white mixed with gray. But it's just like, Peter would have a field day with you, lady. They'd be throwing red paint on you. I'd probably join in. I Most likely I would join in just to throw red paint in your face. Because I already don't like you. And the fact that you're wearing fur just adds to that fact that I don't like you. She comes in. She's got a doorman bringing in her luggage. I thought she was just staying for one night. Why does she need a bunch of luggage? I mean, this isn't Rose from Titanic, a 102-year-old Rose from Titanic. Like, I need my pictures when I travel. That was a terrible old Rose impression, I'm sure. Here, let's play this clip. This lady's even got a hook nose. I don't know what she makes me think of. She makes me think of Lady... What's her face? Clemaine or Clementine? Charmaine? Let me look this. The lady from Cinderella. It was Lady something or other. Clementine, uh... Let me look it up. I know it's like Lady Tremaine. Lady Tremaine. I was with Clementine. (laughs) Yeah. I was waiting. All right. Disney Cinderella. Where? Another Cinderella coming out in 2021. That's probably the law. Another live version. We just got one. We just got one. We don't need any more Cinderella's. We have a bazillion of them. Cinderella, the cartoon, Disney. What's that lady's name? Lady Tremaine, Eleanor Audley. Wow. She also did a voice. Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty also did the voice of Lady Tremaine. Oh, my gosh. Wow. She was also in Green Acres. Okay, enough about Lady Tremaine. (laughs) I'm just going to play this clip. Snooty Miss Snoot Snoot, I'll tell ya. Mother! Oh yeah! Why does she get an applause? She doesn't deserve one. <laughs> Mother,
2: you look marvelous. How
3: was Europe? Well, the food was tasteless, the service non-existent, and the place is full of foreigners.
0: <laughs> what?
2: It is their country.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and you've grown into the prettiest young lady in New York, wearing the ugliest dress. Ouch! Did you find
1: it? You
3: gave it to me, Grandma. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> last year. How can you let her go around <laughs> looking like last year's teenager? <laughs> There's new things for you in that brown bag, Kimberly. Oh, well, thanks, Camira. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, with the way you spoil her, I'm going to have to keep her in the refrigerator.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> do hope. you
0: Okay, we don't need to hear about your uh,
3: bosoms. Is <laughs> one of those modern arrangements?
2: No, no, not that either. Oh, no. <laughs> you see, my two boys are. Yes. Well,
0: just they're, tell her. Uh,
2: maybe you better just see them for yourself and make up your own mind. <laughs> Arnold, <laughs> Willis, you're just going to love them, mother.
0: with his expression like ugh. yeah you heard th- ugh, this lady I swear you guys are not going to believe this I have just been talking for 22 minutes and I just realized I didn't even plug the microphone in and I'm apparently I've been talking into my microphone in the laptop so, luckily, it caught everything. I'm just like, how did I not notice? Because I'm talking, I've been talking into the microphone the whole time. It's just never been plugged into the laptop. Ugh. So, you guys heard in the clip, this lady is awful. She insults Kimberly and says, oh, that's an ugly dress. And Kimberly's like, well, you gave it to me last year. And of course, oh well, uh, you know, you need to get some new clothes. I actually bought stuff for you. And why are you, Philip? Why are you, why are you letting Kimberly walk around dressed like last year's teenager? Like, <sighs> so Philip takes his mother to the couch, and he tries to break the news that there's been big changes in the family in my life. I have two sons. And of course, you know, his mother is all like, Oh my gosh, you got married and didn't invite me to the wedding? And it's like, oh no, I'm not married. And she's like, oh you little devil. It's one of those modern things, isn't it? Well, I'm pretty sure that surrogacy was never, I, I have no idea, 1978. What does she mean modern exactly? Like he's living, in, probably in her mind, in sin. I mean, she didn't, have a problem with it. But no, he's like, you know, I better just show you Arnold and Willis. And he says, Alright boys, come in. And they come in. And of course at first she's facing away from him. So the big reveal, she looks at them and boom, faints right out of the couch. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Seriously. If I were Philip, I'm like, dude, you gotta put on your big boy pants and you gotta say, Mom, if you're not okay with this situation, which it doesn't matter because this is not your life, this is our life, then you can turn right around, take your baggage, and leave because I'm not putting up with this. He eventually, at one point, does put on his big boy pants and Philip tells her, calls her out for being a racist. And this clear example. Of her fainting just because they're black is a clear example of her racism. Normal people don't do that. And of course, Arnold's like, wow, that's what I call surprise or something. That's one way to be surprised. And the look, I'm with Willis on this. He just looks really. He looks irritated and definitely insulted. It's like, excuse me? You just fainted at the sight of me because of the color of my skin? (sighs) Like, buddy, you don't need to worry about impressing this lady, alright? She's got problems. Now, listen, all you guys, you just be your awesome selves. This lady's got stuff to deal with. And... Philip needs to put on his big boy pants and help her realize that she's a racist. So I'm going to play this clip of her eventually coming out of this faint. We come back from commercial. We got her stretched out on the couch, minus her hat. We got Willis like waving a magazine, trying to like fan some air in her face. We got Mrs. Garrett hovering over her from the back of the couch. We got Philip and Kimberly's Phillip's sitting on the edge of the couch and Kimberly, of course, has got her arms on her father's shor- shoulders being supportive. Both her dress and Phillip's cardigan sweater are identical burgundy colors. Willis is wearing a light green, almost like um, a football jer- um, football jersey t-shirt just without the numbers on it. And Arnold, of course, is wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt. I'm going to
2: play this clip.
1: Is Grandma okay, Daddy? What's the matter?
2: She just fainted, dear. Can you hear me, Mother?
1: Stand back, everybody. Give her, ear. <laughs> Give a her sp- air. air. <laughs> You're giving her air. You're giving her pneumonia. <laughs> uh,
2: she's uh, moving. What is that?
1: <sighs> Shove that stuff up my nose and I'd move too. Here's the
2: brandy. Thanks, she doesn't need it now. Uh. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Are you all right now, oh, Grandma? I think I better call the doctor. Oh,
3: no, don't. Doctors make people ill. <laughs> <They're doing laughs> help me up,
2: Junior. Oh. Kimberly, will you ask Mrs. Garrett to bring in some coffee? Sure,
3: Daddy. <gasps> oh, dear. <laughs> I I think it must have been the the reaction delayed from the trip. (laughs) I feel a little dizzy. Maybe your girdle's too tight. (laughs) 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 They're they're such uh, interesting children. Wherever did you find them?
2: (laughs) They're sons of someone who was very close to me.
3: Oh, well, I understand... In the business world these days, there are many affluent, uh, uh, uh ethnics. Oh, we're not ethnics. We're Baptists. My <laughs> daddy was with the United Nations. Oh, that's marvelous. A member of the diplomatic corps? No, a member of the janitor corps.
1: <laughs>
3: mother,
2: their mother was my late housekeeper, Mrs. Jackson. You remember her.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to faint again. Oh, oh, no, excuse me. I I think it must be the jet lag. Yeah, the jet lag.
0: Yeah.
1: Come on, Arnold. Hang
3: in there, Grandma. (laughs) Here's some coffee. Your servants enter without being summoned. Where's the bell?
2: It fell off her neck. (laughs) You're very informal here, Mother. This is my housekeeper, Mrs. Garrett. How do you do?
3: <laughs> Mrs. Garrett, have you polished the silver?
2: Oh, yes, ma'am. Once a week I look in it and give it the reflection test. <laughs> the reflection test? Yes. If I start to look too good, I know it's tarnished.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't drink coffee, Mrs. Garrett.
0: Then why didn't you <laughs> say anything?
3: I'll
2: make you some tea. <laughs> She's <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful human being <laughs> <laughs>
3: Grandma, this dress is just perfect How does it look? Oh, divine You look lovely, Kimberly Thank you, Daddy Grandma, did you notice that I'm wearing a B-R-A?
4: <laughs> well,
3: we'll talk about your spelling later, dear Right now, I have something very important to discuss with your father <laughs> Okay, Grandma and thanks again The stress is the end It's going to make All my girlfriends Just hate me Whoa Junior uh, Now about the boys yeah, Yes aren't Aren't they terrific Yes I know Mother
2: I want to take you To the chaise Antoine tonight Oh well that's It's a terrific fine. new restaurant
3: That's just fine Now, but now since you have to boys. leave tomorrow yeah, I know What but,
2: better way for you To get to know yeah, them but It'll junior, be the five I'll... of us One big happy family I'll go and tell them <laughs>
3: One big happy family <laughs> <laughs> Good you
0: racist high horse lady. Here's a question: Will I go to jail for punching out this woman? The actress is dead, but the character, I want to punch her so hard in the face. I know that she's old, but that doesn't excuse her manners at all. Willis, the one who is trying to quote-unquote give her air by sweeping a magazine in front of her face and creating wind. <laughs> like, stand back, everybody. Give her air. And he, it almost looks like he's about ready to hit Arnold in the face with that magazine. Because he's really whipping that magazine back and forth. And Arnold finally grabs it from him saying, you're not giving her air, you're giving her pneumonia. Philip, of course, uses something in a bottle, I'm not sure whether it's something similar to smelling salts, to revive her. She, of course, blames the jet lag. Willis is like, hey, it's a jet lag. <laughs> Whatever that stuff is, it really stinks, because it's really getting to Arnold. He's waving his hands like, oh, shove that stuff up my nose, I'd be moving too. Garrett comes in with the brandy and Philip says, Oh, she doesn't need it now. And right away, Mrs. Garrett just downs that. And I'm like, you, you down that girl. You you need that. That that is for you. You've des- you deserve that. You 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 need earned that from having to put up with this lady. Ugh. So Philip has Kimberly go into the kitchen to get Mrs. Garrett so she can make coffee for his mother. Flaming like the trip and everything, the the flight. And I love Arnold's response, because she's like, oh, I feel dizzy. And he's like, hey, maybe your girdle's too tight. <laughs> oh my gosh, just every word of her, her mouth, I just want to slap her across the face. She's like, oh, what interesting children! Wherever did you find them? Excuse me? Where did I find them? see, Willis, and Arnold kind of look at each other like, who is this broad? <sighs> so, Philip says, they're the sons of someone who is very close to me. So, she, of course, thinks, you know, he had, you know, with somebody and they're his. She's like, oh, in the business world, I get it. you are many, uh, affluent, uh, what she, she calls them ethnic. So Arnold, or Arnold, Willis, of course, I guess, hasn't heard of the word ethnic, because he's like, oh no, we're not ethnic, we're Baptists. Maybe, maybe he thinks, like, ethnic is like, uh, he probably thinks, you know, cause he's like, we're not this, we're Baptists, so he probably thinks, like, ethnic sounds like some type of a religion that he isn't. So Arnold proudly says how his father was with the United Nations. And she's like, oh, that's marvelous, a member of the diplomatic court. And he's like, uh, no, of the janitor's court. That's still pretty good. That's awesome. Just love how Arnold is so proud of his dad. These kids love their parents. Love them. If you think about it, we learn a little bit about their parents over the course of the time of the show. So, Philip brings Arnold over to him while he's sitting next to his mother and says... Mother, their mother, Mrs. Jackson was my late housekeeper. You remember her, don't you? And of course, Philip's mother's like, "Oh, I'm gonna faint again." And he, Philip, offers her that little smelling salt type bottle, and she's like, "Oh no, it must be the jet lag." And there, yeah, Willis is like, "Oh yeah, it must me the jet lag. <laughs> Give me a break." So is like, come on, Arnold. Let's go upstairs. And Arnold's like, hang in there, Grandma. <laughs> He's already calling her Grandma. So, Mrs. Garrett brings in the coffee and, of course, Philip's mother's like, "Oh, your servants enter without being called or summoned. Where's the bell? And Philip's like, oh, uh, we removed it from her neck. Like, <sighs> Oh, I don't want coffee. Oh, do you polish the silver, Mrs. Garrett? Kimberly runs down the stairs. She's tried on the new clothes that her grandmother has given her. And like, oh, grandma, do you know I'm wearing a B.R.A.? Basically, I'm wearing a bra. So she's so excited about this dress because she's like, oh, my girlfriends, are all just going to hate me. Like, it's so great. And Kimberly twirls around. I'm like, okay, that dress is getting a little high up. Just, come on now. You don't need to see your undergarments. So, Kimberly goes back upstairs and Philip's mother's like, now I want to talk to you about the boys. And, of course, he's cutting her off at every turn. He's like, I want to take you to the Chase Antoine all of us, we're gonna be one big happy family. It's gonna be great so you can really get to know the boys. Cause he knows what she's probably gonna say. Alright, now we're gonna go upstairs to the boys' room. And what they're, how, they're probably talking about how much they hate this lady. Cause I don't like her either. So Arnold was just laughing. Cause it's just so funny that this lady fainted. And Will's just like, why do you think this is funny? You think it's funny because she looked at us and fainted? No, it's like, oh, she fainted when she looked at you. And Willis says, no, she fainted at us because we're black. Oh, Adam does not have a care. It's not bothering him. And he's like, oh, she did? Well, it's nice to be noticed. And he just keeps on coloring in his coloring book. Like, eh, yeah. So Willis gets up and goes over to his bed. It's like, well, Arnold, I guess you don't understand that some people are prejudiced. Now Philip comes in, and I kind of think that Willis is going to lay into Philip on this. Like, oh, do you know your mom's a racist? I mean, come on, you can't possibly approve of the way that she reacted to us when she first laid eyes on us. He's like, hey, guess what, kids? I got a special surprise for us. And Willis is like, your mother's leaving town. Oh, at that point, he does not sugarcoat anything. When Willis wants to say something that's on his mind, he will flat out say it. He's like, no, we're going to have uh, dinner at one of the most famous restaurants in town. We're going to have caviar. I'm like, those kids are not going to want caviar. I don't know any kid that wants to eat little fish eggs or duck gut or whatever. It was a, oh, wait, if caviar is the fish eggs, the pate is the duck gut gut, liver, duck liver, right, I think. Okay, so pate is liver or meat or fowl, finely minced or ground and variously seasoned paste spread on a, spread, a tasty mixture to be spread on bread or crackers or used in preparing other dishes, duck pate. A pate made from duck liver. Okay, so let's look up the caviars. I think I spelled that right. Let's see here. Ew, that caviar. Why are there orange little? What are? The, ew, and there's black. They look like miniature like black beans, and these ones look like itty bitty. Caviar is a food consisting of salt-cured roe of the family something or other. A-C-I-P-E-N-S-E-R-R-I-D-A-N or D-A-E. Caviar is considered a delicacy and is eaten as a garnish or a spread. The roe can be fresh or pasteurized with pasteurization reducing its culinary and economic value. It just looks so blue. I can see why Michelle, oh wait, that was pate that she was eating. In that Full House episode, uh, Jesse, the wedding part two, where Jesse and Becky get married, they have the reception at the house, yeah. So Arnold's excited, but he's like, wait, what's caviar? It's fish eggs. So you're basically eating Nemo. That is horrible. Well, I mean, Nemo before he became Nemo. $150 $150 a pound for caviar in 1978. Whew! Better chew it slowly. Well, I is like, why? Why does it cost so much? Chicken eggs only cost 79 cents a dozen. So this is in 1978. I'm trying to think, how much should it cost for a dozen eggs when I just, I just got some? Gosh, I'm thinking it's got to be at least a dollar now. Maybe... Eight, 89 cents? I don't know. I was like, you know, it's probably hard to lay eggs underwater. Maybe that's why it's so expensive. Maybe. How do they get the caviar? Do you, like, send divers into the ocean and then they, like, look for the fish and hope that they're pregnant with the baby? I don't know. How do they do it? Do they look for fish nests with the eggs already there? I don't know. Arnold's got one of those giant box of Crayola crayons. I don't think it would have a sharpener, uh, sharpener in the back of it yet. This is 1978. And Phillip's like, yeah, tonight you're going to have caviar and grandma's going to come along too. And I love what Willis says here. It's like, she ain't my grandma. That woman did not fall on her face because of jet lag philip you need to stop with talking of the fancy restaurant and the caviar and address this issue that willis is bringing up he's like he says she got black don't you dare philip he stands up points a finger at willis and says hey my mother is very fair about prejudice really really you're gonna say that after she looked at those kids and she fainted, and all of her other remarks about, "Oh, what interesting children! Where did you find them?" Really, you need to open your eyes. I'm gonna play this clip. <laughs> I
1: don't know. How can you laugh after that lady fainted? That's easy. I just opened my mouth, and out it comes. (laughs) What's the matter with you? Don't you know that lady fainted when she looked at us? No, she didn't. She fainted when she looked at you. (laughs) She fainted because we're black. Oh, she did? Well, it's nice to be noticed. (laughs) I guess she just don't understand that some people are prejudiced.
2: Listen, boys, I've got a special treat for you tonight.
1: Your mother's leaving town.
2: <laughs> nope. We're all going to have dinner in one of the best restaurants in New York. We're going to have caviar.
1: Oh, boy! What's caviar?
2: <laughs> well, it's uh, fish eggs. It's delicious. It costs $150 a pound.
1: Why so much? Chicken eggs only cost 79 cents a dozen. I guess it's harder to lay eggs underwater.
2: Well, tonight you're going to have caviar. And Grandma's going to come along too.
1: She ain't my grandmother. You know, that lady didn't fall in the face because she got jet lag, she got black lag.
2: (laughs) Now hold it, Willis. My mother is very fair about prejudice. She looks down on people of every color.
4: <laughs>
2: she's not really a bigot, you know. She's she's just a snob. And no, it's bothered me all of my life.
1: Then why don't you tell her?
2: Well, it's not that easy with my mother.
1: You afraid of your mother?
2: Yeah, really. Well, no, not really. But you see, she's getting old, and I don't see her that much. And why upset her? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you're afraid of your mother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You told us something was bothering us to speak up. Now, how come that don't go for you, too?
2: Well, it really isn't the same thing, Willis. Look, your grandmother's a very nice lady. Now, why don't you go downstairs and be nice to her? Give her a chance. Look, if you'll do that for me, I'll do something nice for you. I uh, we'll do it anyway,
1: because you do a lot of nice things for us. Yeah, in the past and in the
2: future. <laughs> okay, thanks, boys. Let's go.
0: Okay, so she, he does say, yeah, she's very fair with her prejudice as far as she's prejudiced basically against pretty much all races. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't even think they use the term racist. It's all prejudiced. Basically, this whole thing boils down to is like, you're afraid to tell your mother and confront her about her prejudice. He's like, oh well, no, it's not that. It's just I. She's older. I don't see her that often. It's like I don't know. It's like you are afraid of your mother. You can't talk to her, really. Dude, it's basically like you need to put on your big boy pants, Philip. Okay. So Philip says, hey kids, why don't you just do this for me, and I'll do something good for you. And of course, Willis is like, okay. I mean, you already do enough for us anyway, so... I love how Willis and Arnold run downstairs and they see her moving a chair up against the wall to the left of... What is this? I wonder if that might be uh, Philip's office, because he does have office there. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't be dragging that chair around. You look beat after your whole uh, plane ride. You should sit down in this chair yeah, they have her plop right on the couch. They're sitting on either side of her, Willis and Arnold are. They're putting a pillow up on the coffee table, propping her feet up, yanking her shoes off. She's got it backwards because she was looking at Arnold when she said Willis and then turning into Willis and saying Arnold. It's like, you got it mixed up. Granted, she only heard their names once and then fainted, but still. So, Willis, of course, corrects her. Like, I'm Willis and he's Arnold, Grandma. And Arnold is like, yeah, if I were taller and he were better looking, we'd be identical twins. (laughs) Willis is like, you just relax, Grandma, because we know all about taking care of old ladies. (laughs) I mean, they got a pillow... For her back, for the uh, bottom of her feet, for the top of her feet. They are just trying to really make her comfortable. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of old ladies in Harlem. And Arnold is chastising Willis. Like, you don't call an old lady an old lady. What's wrong with you? Well, Willis is all like, you know, our mama was an old lady. She worked until the day she died. Mr. Drummond's mama never worked a day in her life. (laughs) So basically he's bad-mouthing her in front of her. I want to play this clip because I just love how the boys are acting around her. Like you got Arnold that's sweet and you got Willis who's a little salty. Grandma. You oughta shouldn't be doing things like that. To that long play. ride
1: you look (laughs) beat. Yeah. You just sit right can I get you a pillow for your big feet?
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's. That's. That's quite thoughtful of you, uh, uh, Willis, or Arnold, or whichever. I'm um, Willis,
1: Grandma he's aren't. Yeah, that's right. If I was taller and he was better looking, we'd be identical twins. <laughs> now you just relax, Grandma. We'll take care of you now. We know all about old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of them in Harlem. Oh, you, you dummy. You don't remind old ladies that they're old ladies. They already know they're old ladies. <laughs> Well, they call her mom and ole, she worked till the day she died. Miss Jumma's mother never did a lick of work in her whole life.
3: Oh, it's great, you young man. I'll have you know I worked as a volunteer during the war. Is that the one the South lost?
0: So, let me, uh, I gotta learn about the volume with this thing. Like, try not to talk directly into the microphone. So, Mrs. Drummond, Philip's mother, corrects Willis, saying that she worked as a volunteer for the war. And Arnold's like, Oh, is that the one the South lost? <laughs> and then Mrs. Garrett comes in with the tea. And <laughs> she's got some butter cookies for her. And Arnold's like, Mrs. Garrett, have you been hiding these cookies? <laughs> and Mrs. Garrett's like, yeah, I found a hiding place besides your mouth. <laughs> and the boys are trying to copy her, uh, Mrs. Dr- Drummond, by the way that she's holding the teacup. You know how you do, like, you hold it with your thumb and index finger, and kind of like your pinky comes out. Sometimes it just comes out automatically. I notice that when um, I'm drinking a uh, pop or whatever, a bottle of pop, can of pop, or whatever. And um, now these cups are pretty big size. They're almost like Java Joe coffee cups, but they're you know teacup form. And you know Arnold, he's a, he's a little guy a lot of the jokes seem to always be at arnold's expense due to his size but anyway they're both trying to copy what she's doing and he and arnold ends up spilling his tea which the goofs even said there was no tea in those cups because he spills it on her outfit, her blazer, her whatever you want to call it. And she's all like, "Oh my gosh. My however much she spent on that suit, there's not a blotch, there's not a drip, there's not a stain. There's nothing on there to indicate any liquid of any form fell from that teacup on her outfit. None. Uh, the teacups even have the saucers with them and, of course, the napkins to go over um, the lap. And the boys, you know, they're really trying to get along with this lady. Like, oh, all three of us, we're going to have tea. And that teacup I'm seeing now is like twice the size of Arnold's hands put together. It's pretty big. Oh, uh, Willis is all like, ugh, "There you did, you did it, dum dum." What's? Ugh. And they're both kind of r- rubbing their th- their pants and everything like that in the couch with their na- their cloth napkins. They're wiping at nothing, to be honest. Mrs. Garrett pops her head out of the kitchen door and says, "Oh, don't worry, Mrs. Drummond. I'll have you sponged off in a jiffy." Eight hundred dollar suit. Oh my gosh, guys. That is, whatever. I've made enough jabs at this lady. No, I haven't. I haven't made nearly enough jabs at this lady who sorely needs uh, course correction in her life, and her behavior. And she's like, Oh, an $800 suit ruined. And I love Arnold's response. Hey, it didn't do my jockey shorts any favors either. I'm guessing that Philip was taking a shower because he comes out down the stairs in a bathrobe, and I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's right, because of the dinner later." Oh, Kimberly also comes down with Philip, and I'm like, "Oh, Grandma, what happened?" He's like, "Oh, my cell—it's ruined." Oh, Willis is of course quick to blame Arnold because it was Arnold's teacup that dripped all over her, and he's like, "Tiny Tim here blew the tea party." And to Arnold's defense, I mean that teacup was huge. It was too big. So and Phillips like, mother, look, just you have plenty of time to change before we go out to dinner. She, the only thing I'm changing is my mind about going. I'm getting a migraine. And of course, Willis is like, no, more like she's getting that black leg again. Arnold's like, I think she's going to fall down again, Willis. And this is where, no, I think she's having an attack of that old black leg, isn't she, Mr. Drummond? So Philip is like, I think you're right, Willis. And he goes over to his mother like, no, wait. Because she's about ready to head up the stairs. He keeps calling him a junior. Like, enough with the junior already. He has his name. So he tells his mother that it's long overdue that I tell you that you're behaving like spoiled and unreasonable snob. So they use the term snob instead of racist or you're prejudiced. Like, snob and prejudiced and racist don't even belong. Snob does not belong in that category, is basically what I'm saying. This is just it's 1978, I guess they didn't want to flat out call her racist so they used the word prejudice. I kind of wonder, like, don't they eventually, they start saying that person, like, that person's a racist? I I swear they must at some point in the show go from, oh, that person's prejudiced, to saying, flat out saying, that person is a racist. And of course, her jaw's, like, on the floor, dropped. I can't believe you're talking to me this way. Like, how dare you, Junior? Like, a hand to her chest, like, I got the vapors. So, Arnold's like, hey, because Kimberly's on one side and Arnold Willis is on the other. Like, hey, guys, I think it's a good time to go walk our goldfish. And Kimberly's like, yeah, I'll get the leash. Yes, you guys take Abraham for a walk. But Phillip's like, no, you kids need to hear this. Because I want everybody, everybody to stay. This is a family affair. Okay, so Philip's like, well, I'm sorry their father wasn't. He does say Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. He says they don't have to apologize to anybody because their father was a janitor or they were black. Now the other person I haven't heard of, um, he says, Dr. Ralph is it Bunch B u n c h e, political scientist. So I looked him up. Ralph Johnson is a bunch was an American political scientist, academic, and diplomat who received the 1950 Nobel. Nobel Peace Prize for his late 1940s meditation in Israel. He was the first African American to be so honored. He was involved in the formation and and administration of the United Nations and played a major role in numerous peacekeeping operations sponsored by the UN in 1963. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President John F. Kennedy. Okay, so he's born in August 1903 and passed away December 9th, 1971. Oh, he was born in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. Cool. Because he founded the National Negro Congress. Wow. Oh, he lets her have it. And she's like, oh, I didn't mean it. And he's like, ever since you walked in that door, you've been insulting everybody. And he's like, even me, you still call me Junior after 40 years Since I stopped sucking my thumb. She's like, are you finished? He's like, no, I'm not. And it hurts me to say that my own mother is a snob. Call her a racist. She is a racist. Point blank. She is a racist. None of the snob business. I don't care if it's 1978. Snob and racist are not even remotely the same thing. Yeah, he pretty much had to get this off his chest. He's like, I'm ashamed I waited this long to tell you. She's like, Oh, I never knew you felt that way or that I'm that bad. She's like, I'm shocked. And he's like, well, you should be. Your values are a thing of the past. And he tells her, it's time that you accept people for who they are. Not what you would like them to be. Yes, Philip. Yes, you tell her. Uh, the audience is just like, probably standing and cl- just applauding him. He's like trying to play this off. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so just set in my ways. He was like, set in your ways, you're set in concrete. She's like, How could my own son speak to me like that? And it's like, somebody has to. Cl- Again, I gotta push the microphone away because I'm screaming in everyone's ear right now. I apologize. It's like, somebody has to tell you the truth. Would you rather hear it from a stranger? No, you're attitude needs to change. I'm sure it's going to be tough but if you, it's like, seriously if you want to have a relationship with me, you're going to have a relationship with my kids and that includes my two new sons. if you don't, well, there's the door. Don't expect a Christmas card. And he's like, your own son wants you to be a part of his new family he says, you know, the choice is yours. And you say, oh, uh, I didn't mean to be a snob. Well, like it or not, you are one. So. A racist. But she says she'll try to change. And it's not just with Willis and Arnold's. like, you need to also be treating Mrs. Garrett better. Just because she is a servant doesn't mean you need to look down your nose at her. He's like, it is hard to break old habits. He's like, well, you can do it. It shouldn't be hard for someone who's as loving as and caring as you are. And... Phillip puts an arm around his mother and faces the kids, like, And we'll help you, won't we, children? I'm like, yeah, of course we will. So Kimberly's like, yeah, sure, we need you, Grandma, and we love you very much. And Kimberly turns to Willis and Arnold, like, don't we, guys? Willis is like, all right, I guess I can try as he folds his arms. And Arnold's like, yeah, me too. I've never had a white grandma before. <laughs> oh, so she goes over to them, arms, uh, arms spread out, going, come here, children. And they all hug. He's like, oh, you're just adorable. Poor Arnold getting squished. <laughs> I do see Gary Coleman because he's right there, just below, um, grandma's, you know, probably at the stomach level. And you see Willis getting in there, but then you see it could even be out of character for Arnold. It's just like, I can't, you're squishing me. He had to and grew up is like, <laughs> it's shaking his head like oh my gosh I can breathe, buddy. You need to get your hand off her butt. His hand is on her butt. You need to move that. And Philip's like we're going to celebrate by going out to dinner, including Missus Garrett. And of course his mother's like, oh I don't. Uh. It's like mother, you promised. Like okay, Missus Garrett, we're going out. You want to come with? And she's like, oh, I couldn't. You know what? Give me a minute. And she goes to take off her apron and goes into the kitchen. Yeah, Mrs. Garrett comes out. She's like, oh, it's so happy to see a family come together with love and affection after having such a horrible beginning. A rotten beginning. So, Philip's mother decides to go upstairs and change. Kimberly's going to go with her. Of course, Arnold's like, waving his hands like, oh, wait, 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 everybody. He says, Arnold says, I'm picking up the check tonight. And Phillips like you're what? And <laughs> Arnold goes over to Philip and he says, "And I'm handing it to you, Junior." <laughs> and right away, I mean, Philip like makes it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna grab you, and. Arnold is already off and running like around the couch to the stairs he hits the stairs as philip catches up to him (laughs) and he throws him over his shoulder and runs upstairs with willis trailing after so i'm gonna play this clip
2: here's your tea mrs drummond and some little butter cookies
1: Mm
3: -hmm. mrs gary where'd those come from you got a new hiding place for the cookies Yes, uh, I found a good place beside your mouth. <laughs> Join me in a cup of tea, children? Yeah, I'll have a shot. You can shoot me, too. <laughs> this Imported tea? Oh, yes, ma'am. It came all the way from the Bronx.
4: no, <laughs> 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 drinking tea.
0: Oh, (laughs) no! There's no tea in that car. There's no spa in the dress. I ain't
1: done it, stupid. No, I didn't. I can't drink with one pinky sticking out. (laughs) Stay where you are, Mrs. Drummond. I'll have you sponged off in a jiffy. Oh, an $800 suit ruined. (laughs) It didn't do my jockey shorts any good either.
2: Did I hear a scream down there? Oh, he wearing oh, a robe?
3: Oh, my suit is ruined. That's what happened. Oh, tiny Tim
1: here blew the tea part. No,
3: I didn't. That cup is too big for my little hand. Uh,
2: now, just oh. calm down, Mother. You've got plenty of time to change before dinner. Well,
3: the only thing I'm going to change is my mind about going. I feel a dreadful migraine coming on. Uh-oh.
1: I think that means she's going to fall down again. It doesn't. It means she's going to have another attack at that old black lag. Doesn't it, Mr. Drummond?
2: I think you're right, Willis. Mother, yeah. wait.
3: Oh, what is it, Junior?
2: I don't quite know how to say this, but it's long overdue. Mother, you're behaving like a spoiled, unreasonable <laughs> snob. Yes!
0: share
1: you, Junior! Yes! All right! time to go walk our home fish. Yeah, I'll get the leash. Go
4: walk Abraham.
2: No, children, I want everybody to stay. This is a family affair. Mother, for your sake, I'm sorry that Arnold and Wilson's father wasn't Dr. Ralph Bunch or Martin Luther King Jr. But they don't have to apologize to anybody because he was a janitor or because they are black. Well, I didn't mean to imply that. Ever since you walked in that door, you put everybody down, including me. You still call me Junior. It's 40 years since I stopped sucking my thumb. Are you quite finished? No, I'm not. The only reason I'm telling you this, Mother, is that I love you. And it's a hurt to know that my own mother's a snob. I'm ashamed that I waited all these years to tell you this.
3: (coughs) I I never knew you felt that way or or that I'm that bad.
2: I'm shocked. Well, you should be. Your values are a thing of the past. It's time you learn to accept people for what they are, not for what you would like them to be.
3: Well, I admit that perhaps I'm a little set in my ways.
2: A little set? You're anchored in concrete.
3: <laughs> How could my own son speak to me like that?
2: Because your own son wants you to be a part of his new family. Now, the choice is yours, Mother.
3: Oh, well, I... I didn't mean to be a snob.
2: Racist!
3: I'll try to change. But, uh... It isn't easy to break old habits.
2: You can do it. It shouldn't be difficult for someone as loving and kind as you are. And we'll help you. Won't we, children?
1: Sure, Grandma. We all need to love you very much. Don't we, guys? Yeah I guess I can try Yeah, me too I
3: never had a white grandma before (laughs) Come here, grandchildren You're just adorable, Dad
2: (laughs) Now we are, and we're going to celebrate by going out to dinner Including Mrs. Garrett
3: Mrs. Garrett, but she's... Um, Excuse me? Yes, Mrs. Garrett is uh, quite welcome. Good. Mrs. Garrett? Oh,
2: it is so touching to see a family come together with love and affection after such a rotten beginning. You're invited to have dinner with us at a marvelous new restaurant. Oh, I couldn't. Just give me a minute to change. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well,
3: I better change too. <laughs> I'll only be a moment, Philip. Mm. I'll be right down. Wait, wait a minute, everybody! <laughs> I'm picking
1: up the check tonight.
4: You're what? what?
1: And I'm handing it to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You're know All right. That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I learned a bit, you know, paté, caviar. I learned about Dr. Ralph Bonch. You know, I didn't I didn't know about. I mean, I knew about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but I didn't know about uh Ralph. So, Dr. Ralph. So, I'm learning stuff my second go-around with the show. Because now, before I was watching it for enjoyment, and I'm still watching it for enjoyment and giving you guys my play-by-play of the episode, my uh, thoughts, opinions, laughing along with it, loving Arnold's one-liners. And I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. So, let's see. Do I have a relatable... I don't. Um, Other than my, um, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. But um, I just, I really enjoyed this episode, I think, as the series goes on. Because, of course, the first four episodes, the next one, I'll talk about the next one. I'll kind of talk a little more. Um, Season one, episode four, entitled Prep School. This episode aired on November 24th, 1978. I got to push that away from me. Mr. Drummond is excited about the possibility of the boys enrolling at his old prep school. So, it seems like we had the pilot episode. Then we had the social worker and mother's last visit. So we're dealing with the Philip and Willis and Arnold are dealing with racism from outside of their four walls. And the same thing is also going to go for the prep school episode. Philip wants them to go to his alma mater, his old stomping grounds, you know, because he had such a great time there. And he's, but unfortunately, racism rears its ugly head again with the staff and the admissions for this prep school. So once we kind of deal with the outside racism, because that is going to keep coming up, we are going to kind of pull back into the house with episodes that are kind of taking place inside the house. The spanking, goodbye Dolly, the trial, the fight, the club meeting, the woman, no time for Arnold, the relative, the two, you know, um... A lot of the other ones are pretty much going to be focused on the inside of the home and them dealing with problems outside of race. So, yeah. And just having the boys, Philip and Kimberly, you know, adjusting to living together in their one household. You know, the kids are going to fight. They're going to argue. They're going to, they're going to be siblings. That's what siblings do. No time in this show does Kimberly ever say, I wish that father had never brought you here. She never says that. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited about going through this. Like I said, I'm pretty much doing a good I'd say 95% of the episodes. There are some that are just... uh, Some that I will flat out refuse to do because they're bonkers to the point where they just make no sense. Um, One in particular, I couldn't even finish because it was that bad. It was... Like, season six... I think um, Dana Plato, like, cuts her hair really, really short. And in this episode, she's pretending to be a boy named Hans. And then you have Conrad Bain's brother. Or is it Conrad Bain who's playing his sister or cousin? And it's just... It's stupid. It's just stupid. And it's just... I wanted to rip my hair out from the roots at the stupidity. I'm like, I am not... I'm not covering, that is a garbage episode, if you want to know my opinion, so, but, alright, so, I'll be back next week with prep school, so, as far as things are going to go, next week is going to be the last week I'll be doing, you know, weekly, and then it's going to go probably month to month for a little bit until I finish Silver Spoons, and then we'll kind of go from there. But eventually, I know I am going to be returning to work this month because it is, today's May 1st, so we are now in a new month, that much closer to the middle of the year. And um, I know once I return to work, I'm not going to have nearly as much time as I've had to be able to work on episodes. That's why I'm kind of trying to get ahead on some of them, especially the Full House episodes that I have for May, June, and then upcoming July with the Best Friends series, so, all right, everybody, so as always, stay home, stay safe, and stay positive, we will get through this, eventually they are going to lift the stay at home ban, Um, I don't know if you guys, ours is still in effect until May 15th. So, I've just been going out once a week to get my groceries. That's what I've been doing. I will be so happy for this thing to get over with so I can get back to my job. I, I I as much as I like the time being able to podcast and read and get out in the nice sunshine, I just I want to have some stability. It just feels like every day runs together and half the time I don't even remember what day it is, what day of the month it is, what day of the week it is, and it's just like, So, yeah. Alright, I will be back next week with Prep School. Season 1, Episode 4. Bye-bye, everybody.